Welcome to the Empowered Curiosity Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Kat Lee. I'm here to explore the ideas, stories, and experiences that dig deep into what it means to be an empowered and curious human. Together, we'll connect over emotional alchemy, conscious relationships, and embodiment medicine. On this podcast, I'll be sharing tools, techniques, and wisdom about coming back home to the truest version of yourself. Welcome back to the Empowered Curiosity Podcast. As always, I am so grateful that you are here and that you choose to take a little bit of time out of your week to connect and listen and to hold space and share space with me. And this week, I've got Jasmine Rose on the podcast as our guest, and she holds a little bit of a special place for me because she was the very first guest on this podcast. And so if you enjoy this conversation, I definitely recommend you go back and listen to that first conversation that she and I had. I am constantly in awe of the depth and breadth of knowledge and wisdom that she holds when it comes to the womb space. And so Jasmine has a background in holistic nutrition, and she's also a birth doula, but really her experience of this medicine coming through comes from when she says that she hit her rock bottom, which is she spent 365 days in a bleed cycle. And and from that space of not knowing and not understanding, she has developed this deep, deep connection to her own womb space and to the womb space of so many other people. And you can tell that her life's passion is to go about and share this medicine with her community. And we're going to talk about embodiment. And I love how she shares her experience with embodiment because she makes it so accessible and so tangible for folks. And it's something that I've struggled with in terms of how to explain this to my audience. And so she brings it back to the body in such a beautiful way. And so we get to talk about embodiment and and we both bring our own um, wisdom to that conversation. And then we go through and we decode the energetics of each phase. And so what is happening in your bleed cycle? What's happening in your ovulation cycle? What's happening as you are entering your luteal phase? And and as we go through these cycles, we talk about it and relate it back to the energetics of seasons. And so it's a really potent way to actually work with our menstrual cycles. And this is not necessarily for somebody who is trying to get pregnant or or has frustrations around their menstrual cycle. Certainly it is a really good place to start the conversation if this is you, but it is even for someone like me where I don't have very many complaints about my menstrual cycle anymore and I want to understand how I can support my body better, how I can flow with each of my internal seasons better and how I can listen more deeply to my body. It was such a transformative conversation. As always, I I sort of sit with the conversation for a few days before I record these intros and really I try to distill down what it brought up for me when I was sitting and talking to my guest. And after this conversation with Jasmine, my heart just landed on 
this concept, this this inner knowing that I know my spirit understands, but sometimes I need to get my ego mind and wrap her around it as well, which is that that you are the medicine. It goes back to these core foundational values and beliefs that I have around the body being so incredibly wise and the body actually being the storyteller of your life. And so if we can approach our menstrual cycles in this way, with this level of trust and curiosity about what are you trying to communicate with me, body? There's just so much that opens up in that. We get to actually step towards our body and work with her as a teammate instead of thinking she's working against me or there's something wrong or there must be something external that I can do to quote-unquote fix this. Really, that's what my experience with finding alignment in menstrual cycles. And I personally have had a long and and sometimes painful journey with my menstrual cycle, finding that alignment and listening and listening to that womb space that is so, so deeply connected to our capacity to create and to nurture and to nourish. There's so much medicine that flows from that. I don't want to say philosophy because that feels like it's coming from a headspace, but really from that embodiment. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you and to have Jasmine share her story, share her wisdom. As always, if you find these conversations to be valuable, I want to invite you over to patreon.com where you can support this podcast and support looks as little as $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. And I hope that you get a bit more value from these conversations than a cup of coffee. If you are somebody who subscribes via Apple Podcasts, your rating and review would also be very appreciated. It helps other people who are like-minded, like-hearted to find this work. Those are the two ways that you can support this project. Here we go. Here is Jasmine. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Welcome back to the Empowered Curiosity Podcast, Jasmine. You were actually my very first guest when I launched this podcast, and I am in so much gratitude around that, and it's so amazing to be able to ask you to come on for the 23rd episode of this podcast. And I was sitting this morning with why I wanted to ask you on and what I wanted to chat with you and pick around your brain and your heart about. And when I was thinking about it, I think what I landed on is you are the auntie that I wish I had when I started my menstrual cycle. Mm. You know, I think for so many women and for so many people with wombs, it is it's a confusing time. We don't know whether we should be celebrating. We don't know if we should be lamenting these changes in our bodies. We don't know really what these cycles mean other than 
you know, the rudimentary sex education that we received in school. And I love that the work that you do is, I feel like you're just being that grounded, rooted auntie for so many of us around our relationship to our womb. So mm. I'm so excited to pick your pick your heart and and really dive in and, and understand this womb medicine from your perspective. Mm, thank you so much. I was holding my heart as you were speaking and just feeling those words so deeply. And ironically, I am only an auntie to nephews right now. And so <laughs> I am also wanting to be able to bring that essence of me into all people on this planet, right? So we can start having a really beautiful conversation of how to honor the cyclic bodies within us all. And we'll we'll definitely get into that because I love talking about the energetics, which I believe whoever you are listening, you hold an energetic space within your body that allows you to tap into this. So um, thank you so much. And wanting to just celebrate 23rd episode. Oh my goodness, this is incredible. It's been such a fun project. And, you know, I think back on that first episode, I was sharing how I took one of your, your mini masterclasses and really tapped into my womb space of, of, and womb can be not just biological baby, but it can also be an energetic and creative baby. And really, I feel like that work has been pivotal and monumental in in being able to access my own creativity so thank you for for the work that you put out there in the world thank you so much yeah i mean one of the beautiful parts of my own fertility journey in in it taking a little longer than the expected plan to create biological life within my own body has really been this opportunity to zoom out quite a bit more into this beautiful energetic cycle that we're flowing into our bodies at all time and one of the things that i feel like going back to the conversation of you know that very rudimentary sex education that we receive is we aren't taught about this life force energy that flows from connecting to our fertility essence and something that I'm really passionate about. You know, I love science and I love spirit. And when the two of them come together, I feel we have this more overarching concept of how to connect to our bodies in a way that makes everyone feel inclusive to it rather than feeling like there's an abnormality or a proper time in which we should be connecting. So the example I like to use is when people are wanting to promote or to prevent conception, right? There's these two dualities of what's happening here, but the energetic essence is the same. Mm -hmm. And it really extends the hand to be able to say, oh, you know, come with me. Let's go into our own bodies and and really explore from this rooted place of of power. And I have so much respect for, for folks where it just sort of flows from them that they've done the work. So Mm -hmm. to me, when I think about how rooted you are in your medicine, how rooted you are into the connection, not just in your own womb, but in the womb spaces of so many other people and holding space for that, it's because you have embodied the work on your own you know Mm -hmm. I know that you have many great teachers and I know that you fold in 
learning from other folks, but you take those seeds and even just in our conversations that you and I have had, I can tell when you're, when you're taking in and sponging in all that, and then you compost it into something that is so, so uniquely Jasmine. Mm. (laughs) And that's something that I've been trying to incorporate and fold more into my own community. And one of the places that I'm, I'm, trying to cultivate is this relationship to embodiment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have my own way of, of accessing that medicine, but I am curious about how you like to lead people into when they are just starting to recognize, oh, my body is actually so, so wise, and I have no idea how to communicate with it. You know, how do you lead folks into that conversation with their bodies. This is such a beautiful entry point for our conversation because I find some of the words that tend to come into the space of transformation, I found them to be really intimidating and embodiment Mm. was one of those words Mm. because immediately my logical mind was like, give me a formula. Give me a way to do X, Y, and Z, and then I will be embodied. Um, mm. And I really love that that you know place to begin because I find that when I talk to other people, there is a resonance there. And so, if you're nodding your head as you're listening to this, don't worry, you're not alone. But perhaps for a moment, we could do something together that would just drop us into one of my favorite ways of showing people how connected you are to your body without even thinking about it just right now. So if you're sitting here, if you're driving, wherever you are, just just finding a space within your body. If you're out for a walk, that's great too. And just for one breath, taking a deep inhalation and just consciously feeling the air come into your lungs, your chest expand, your belly expand. And then the natural way that you know when the exhale is ready to leave your body and just feeling it slowly come out in your own rhythmic time, not forcing any particular pattern. And then just resting in the magnificence of the exchange that you just witnessed in your body, just with a little shift of mindset, a little shift of intention. The way that your body continuously brings you through the cycle of breath without you needing to focus on anything, right? We have this system that naturally responds to knowing when the inhalation is really needed for the expansion of the body and when the exhalation is ready to let go. Mm-hmm. And I love using this example because it's, it's attainable, right? It's a little bit of an access point that seems to be easier for folks to attach to rather than going into the depths of the womb space right away. And so when we look at something like the breath and the exchange that we just witnessed, the difference that we had together is our mindset. Mm-hmm. We were tuning in. We were focusing, we were um, acknowledging the exchange of the inhalation and the exhalation. And for me, that's similar to most embodiment practices. There is a way that we move our bodies each day and perhaps we're going through it, we're just going through the motions, but we're not necessarily bringing in the intention or the energetic exchange or the emotion or the sensory experience of how the body is moving in response to that mindset. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at something as beautiful as the breath, 
I also believe that to be a cyclic exchange. And I feel the same with the beating of our heart. You know, we have this beautiful cyclic beating beneath our chest and you can even put your hand on your chest right now and just feel that inner drum. And it really guides us into how attainable these practices can be if we can simplify them and recognize, oh, my body is naturally going through the process of embodiment. All I need to do is devote to tune in. Mm-hmm. 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 I, I love that. And I felt that so, so deeply. And you're right. It really is just about being aware and being conscious of of the rhythm that's already moving through you, the 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 chi that's already moving through you, the the cycles that are already present, and I think when I think back to how it felt like to move from the logical, quote unquote, safe place of my mind and start living from my body. It was just like my body had been waiting for so long for me to actually do that and to actually be here. And it was also the most perfect home that I think I had taken for granted. You know, I think a lot of us place so much hmm, validation on seeking from the external and and looking for the perfect home or looking for the perfect job or the perfect partnership or the perfect, you know, fill in the blank. And when you can tune into your body and really accept your body from the beautiful place in the container and the vessel that it already is and recognize that it is moving through all of these motions, moving through all of these cycles all on its own and has been churning away without you even being aware. And it's just been waiting for you to just drop in. I think that there's just so much medicine in just that subtle, but hugely significant shift. Yeah. And I love what you just said about, you know, your body waiting for that moment, right? Because there's something that I speak to a lot in my work. And that is, I feel like there is so much that we're trying to learn, but there's so much that we're actually being asked to remember. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, if we're continuously placing the way that we connect to our bodies and we're continuously placing the way that we feel at home in our bodies from this like logical concept or this magical formula, rather than remembering, Oh, like my body's had me this whole time. There's just been a disruption in the communication or perhaps I've forgotten the language of my body. Um, we really kind of go into this very narrow opening of a doorway that sees perhaps I don't need to pick up another book. Mm -hmm. 
perhaps I don't need to spend money on, on another program. Perhaps just for the next 30 days, I could sit with myself and say, okay, like what is my body communicating to me now before I pick up another external resource that's trying to tell me what I already know I've just lost the ability to communicate to. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 And that speaks to something that I, I try to explore on my space, which is, you know, your true self has always been here. And, you know, I think a lot of people look at spiritual practices in this really similar way of how can I grab an external book or an external teaching or an external teacher and, and really when it comes down to it, spirituality and having access to heart space is, is really more about shedding layers of stories and narratives and conditions and, you know, all the messages that you've been given that you can't rely on your instincts. You know, how often have we been told that we can't rely on something as fleeting as feelings or instincts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I was just having a conversation this week about this. And um, for those of you that don't know me well, I'm also a birth doula. Um, I really, I focus on a, a really full spectrum care within my doula practice. And something that comes up a lot is me teaching folks that are pregnant and their families, you know, a lot of things aren't offered to you unless you ask, which means there is this self-responsibility to start learning um, the advocacy and the communications within your body so that you know what to ask. And one of the examples that came through yesterday was quite profound and, and really spoke a lot to this cyclic way of connecting to the body because for so many of us, and I love talking about the cervix in this way, for so many of us, we've never touched our cervix or we've never seen our cervix. And if you don't know what the cervix is, I will explain in just one moment. But so many practitioners have have had the opportunity to touch the cervix from a very medical perspective to make sure that we're in a healthy body and, and everything's running well. And so we've got these beautiful crevices within ourselves that so many people have had access to. And how do we start reestablishing our own ability to reclaim that th- this is my body to discover now? Mm-hmm. And, and I hold... Um, the ability to use the expression of my voice to proclaim who gets access to these parts. And, and you know, we're going much deeper than probably the, the context of this conversation, but I feel like it's important to know that when you come into relationship when, with your body in this way, so much begins to unravel. And I say this in my womb practice, the womb touches everything right? When we activate our womb space biologically or energetically, it really does attach to everything because we're connecting to that life force energy within the deepest parts of our bodies that's waiting to be expressed much to what you said in creative projects and in ways that we birth our desires into reality. And so um, it is quite a magnetic experience in that way. Mm-hmm. And I'm hearing so much nuance here. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think when you 
when I first started hearing you talk about, you know, reclaiming your body space and reclaiming your womb space, you know, I think it's really easy to go into the binary land of yes, fuck yes, or fuck no. Mm-hmm. Right. And what I'm hearing in this conversation around understanding and and knowing what options you have, it doesn't have to be this binary situation. It's about granting other people permission to land in space that is yours and inherently yours. Mm-hmm. And there's just something so beautiful about thinking about even just going to a medical procedure and allowing rather than just laying there and, and, and not being an active participant. And this is so important. Thank you for mentioning this because so much of the language that I use um, could be a little bit, you know, nerve wracking or or activating of the nervous system. And one of the words that I um, have been really conscious about not using as much lately has been surrender. And this is because for so many people, there's an activation of the nervous system when we say surrender, because so many of us have been in the space of really needing to guard our hearts or guard our bodies, or we've had these experiences that have put up barriers that don't really allow surrender to feel safe. And so my new language reframe is actually allow. And so I I love that you said allow. What can I allow in this moment that is going to make me feel like I have um, more spaciousness in my body? or more ability to receive or more of an activated voice to advocate for myself. And for me, that that word allow is so important because it creates a bridge to us actually feeling like something like surrender or um, fully reclaiming or being in our body is available. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love how your baby's stepping us into this. I think <laughs> it's, it's so, so important because there are so many spaces, particularly, you know, on Instagram, where folks who have done this work for so long are using language that feels really inaccessible. Mm-hmm. And I believe so strongly in the power of words. And I love breaking down the meaning and the nuance and the understanding of, of words like this. And 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 to me, surrender means something completely different just coming from an Eastern framework because it isn't about the Western way of looking at things in terms of I raise the white flag. But I I too often forget that words can be activating to nervous systems and it's so important to to examine and and meet folks where they are and baby step them in in a way that feels safe and eventually they may feel comfortable with a word like surrender mm-hmm. but that may not be where you start yeah so. and i want to be really clear that i i think that there's a really fine line between being really um really conscious of language and not diluting language Absolutely. because 
activation of the nervous system sometimes can be such a profound way for us to go into some of these spaces. I, I know when I open up most of my circles, I say a lot of words that I hear from people after that said, oh, when you said that word, like I felt my whole body clench and I'm like, beautiful, let's explore because this yeah. is an anatomy-based word for a body part that you hold. And I want to know where that activation is coming from. And so quite often there can be a doorway and I think this could go into a whole other segment, perhaps another episode down the road around people pleasing, right? And mm-hmm. and the the very, very big difference between conscious language, inclusive language, and, and the perhaps diluting to not um, ever activate anyone. And yeah. so I like to to stay in the conscious. So many of the conversations that you and I have had off of the screen have been around breaking down language and having more of like a root-based conversation about all of these things. And that's why I love sitting with you. You know, we could have three hours go by like that um, because we really love to go into the root of it all. And, and I love talking about the root because this is where we, we bridge so beautifully into cyclic living. I love how you planted the seed for a future conversation because I think that there is this beautiful space in which we can explore this idea around people pleasing and perhaps working with activated nervous systems and working with things that may feel triggering, but doing it in a really safe way. I think that's a really important part of the 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 healing community the the self-work community that is not always explored so seed planted for for later (laughs) i love seeds (laughs) (laughs) so i want to talk to you about menstrual cycles and this episode is going to be part of a series of episodes about the five elements and the seasons. And I, I thought about bringing you on because when you talk about the menstrual cycle and layer on the energetics of the seasons, I think it really goes back to that felt embodied experience of stepping into your own vessel and you know when we talk about hormones and the western biologic we have a tendency to just get kicked into our upper brain and I and I'm like you I love the biologic and I also love the spirit so I love being able to dance between the two but there's so much information out there in terms of you know your LH hormones and your FSH hormones and knowing when things are supposed to be flowing and, and when they're not. And, and I think that you just have a really unique way of bridging the two. And Mm -hmm. so I would love to walk through the menstrual cycle with you. Perhaps you can throw us a couple of practices that you like to do some questions that you like to ask yourself I also have my own practices around my menstrual cycle so I'd love to just jump into all that juicy material yes 
this is one of my favorite things to talk about because I really believe in order for us to step into that embodiment, right, that we were talking about at the start of this episode, there is a level of understanding, right? We want to we be able to have enough of a foundational map of what's going on in the body so that we can tune in. And so whether you find yourself to be someone that really attaches to the logic or you find yourself to be someone that attaches to the spirit, you will really find a space here. Um, and so just inviting you just for a moment before we really open up these portals, just to take that big, beautiful breath into your body and to feel the beautiful cycles of your breath. Just feeling the way that it comes in, expands your lungs, expands your stomach, the beautiful space that holds your pelvic bowl, and then just the natural release that comes when your body initiates the exhale of your breath. And coming into that awareness again, where we meet the logic in the body. And that's where we're going today. And so whether you're someone that bleeds or not, I encourage you to really take in the energetic and the biological components of this information, because I believe that we're paving such a new way together when we can understand the fundamentals of what it means to go through something like the menstrual cycle. And what I love to say is, wherever you are on this planet, Whoever you are, the one thing that keeps us and threads us together is that we all come from the womb. So that means that every single person on this planet has actually lived in the pelvic space of the body. And I love saying that because I believe it truly threads the humanity component of what it means to really reclaim the knowledge and understanding of the menstrual cycle. And so just take that with you in our conversation today. So the very first day of the biological menstrual cycle is the first day of your bleed phase. And in my teachings, I call this the inner winter. And so when we think of the fundamental season of the inner winter, what's happening, right? We're starting to see there um, is a presence of the death cycle that is happening, right? There's a shedding of layers. Um, things are becoming more of a cool, damp environment. And that's really showing us within the inner season of the womb what's happening as well. And so holistically nourishing this space is looking exactly how it sounds. We're wanting to bring a lot of warming herbs, warming foods, easily digestible root vegetables, stews, things that would really nourish the internal body as it's going through the inner season of winter. From an energetic perspective, there's this really profound shift that's happening. And we'll talk about this in a very rounded way. So we'll come back to the bleed at the end of this conversation so we can really get a clear vision of what's happening in terms of going into the areas of the energetic body. And in this phase, the cervical portal is opening to release and it's also opening to birth. And so I call this the inner wisdom phase. So we're in that really, really wise phase of our body. And what society doesn't necessarily support or set us up with is the opportunity to rest and replenish. And so that innate wisdom that we're experiencing within this inner winter, within this rest and replenish recluse, we're going into that hibernation mode, isn't necessarily feeling as attainable. That intuition component isn't feeling as available. And so my intention here isn't to tell every single person that, you know, the day that you start bleeding, you have to start calling in sick for work and you have to totally cancel all of your plans because I really want to honor that our society isn't naturally set up for that sort of environment right now. Absolutely. So 
Yeah. And, and I think it's important to say that because there are a lot of people that teach about the womb that say, no, like this is your time, like take the day off, like you have to do it. And we can get into some pretty tricky places when we're starting to really look at the grand scope of the environment, not being super supportive of that. Um, but the cervical portal is open. And for those of you who don't know where your cervix is, if you are someone that has the anatomy of the cervix, it is in the intervaginal wall at the very, very top. And it's also the base of the uterus. And so if you were to feel right now the tip of your nose and kind of the, the movable, malleable cartilage that you can feel, it's a very similar texture to this. And so for some people, it will tilt to the left. For some people, it will tilt to the right. And it's the most easy accessible to feel if you're in more of a bearing down or squatting position depending on the anatomy of your body um, and so what you would do to access this is place one or two fingers into the intervaginal wall and feel for that sort of tissue at the very very top of your vaginal opening and the cervix is such an incredible part of our bodies. If you aren't someone that holds a cervix, you also hold the energetic essence. And this is what I call the gatekeeper of our pelvic energy, the gatekeeper of the womb. And what I mean by this is there's this beautiful energetic veil and portal. And when we're looking at the biological cycle, we know that this portal is opening because we're seeing the physical representation of the bleed coming from the womb down through and we can see the representation of the portal is open something is coming through on an energetic perspective this is a huge expansive time so in this time we're shedding layers we're literally going through the endometrial lining is softening but so is the parts of us that are asking to be um, in the element of letting go in the element of what narrative belief um, story am I holding on into my womb? What conversation didn't feel good this month that I really am given this opportunity to say, I'm really going to allow myself to soften with the endometrial lining and let the red river flow from my body, which is one of the words I say that represents our menstruation um, and really allow myself to sit with new beginnings Mm -hmm. with how it feels to also birth in this time, knowing that I'm, I'm giving myself the opportunity to expand my cervical portal and, and birth all of this beautiful energy from my womb. And so a lot of the time we focus on like the death of um, what needs to die, all the bad things, right? The wounds, all of these things, but we're also birthing these beautiful parts of ourselves to be seen in the metaphysical world. Um, and so it's a very, very sacred time. And if you are someone that does not bleed I like to say sync up to one of the moon cycles sync up to the full moon or the new moon and use that as a benchmark and a representation for this energetic birth and death cycle happening within your creative energetic womb space mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh man there's so many things I want to circle back to just because there was so much <laughs> juicy wisdom there so one of the things that I loved that you said is just the reality of our, of our modern life. You know, you may not be able to take a day off. You may not be able to not show up for work. And I think 
when people teach about the womb, because I've heard this as well, when people teach about the woman, they say, you should do this, you should do that. It feels, it can feel like if you aren't able to show up in that way, like you're failing your body in some way. And so I love that with everything that you share, it is completely permission-based and it is about tapping into what it is that you and your specific body, what your specific and unique womb is needing. And it may shift and change from cycle to cycle. And we encourage it to. Mm -hmm. I think one of the misconceptions that we can get really stuck on is, oh, my bleed is more painful this month, therefore. And we compare it Mm -hmm. rather than just listening to the innate communications that are happening within this specific bleed. We're we're going through a new lunar cycle. Like it's our inner landscape, our inner lunar cycle. Every single time that we go through this beautiful cycle within, um, so no two should ever be the same this is a unique experience and I feel there is a a bit of a gap in the way that we're communicating how to tend to this time and what I like to say is really harnessing some of the structural and like bone-based energy that you hold and when you do begin to bleed if say you have to go to work for an eight-hour day this is a great example saying what is my allowance of time before and after my dedicated time of showing up in the life and environment that I have to be in today. What, where can I support myself? What does that look like? And how can I support myself in my luteal phase, which we'll get to in a little bit here Mm -hmm. to actually set myself up with really beautiful, um, things that I can incorporate into my day that are already prepared so that I feel like I am in the ceremony of my bleed and in society, in the environment, in the expectation of my role as I show up today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I love too, because I come from a Chinese medicine background and And where I've landed in terms of menstrual cycles and, and what is being communicated in a, in a bleed and a flow is I, I think about it as really communication from the body. And so all these signs and symptoms are really just your body asking you to look within. Mm -hmm. And, and so if there is pain, how can you, actually tend to your body in a way that that it is wanting to be held you know the pain might be a communication from your body saying hey i need you to look at this i need you to look at me and one of the common misconceptions around the bleed time is we get to the bleed knowing it's the first day of our cycle, it also is the last, right? It's this really interesting threshold that we find ourselves in. And painful menstruation is something I get asked about, I would say daily. That's (laughs) like, if someone was to ask me a question, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm having painful menstruation. And for me, it, it is a really patient path tending to the womb. And unfortunately, we're not often set up to understand the full complexity of the cycle. And so what is being offered and communicated as pain is often an opportunity for us to begin tending to our womb 
every day of our cycle rather than just trying to rush the healing into the compartmentalization of the pain already being present. 100%. 100%. So, you know, there's so many things happening. And of course, I can't just give one blanket way for every single person to tend to their menstruation. I really wish we could. And I don't, Mm -hmm. because this gives us the opportunity to say, okay, I find a lot of solace in there not being a formulation for every single one of our bodies. We're not an algorithm. We're not something that can just be Googled. And there's a blanket statement for us. The connection to our cycles and our womb path, both in a biological and energetic essence is so unique to our own bodies. And this is why coming into relationship every single day in small, but very intentional, impactful ways has been the most profound way that I've seen my clients and myself come into deeper spaces of healing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I really want to just stress what you just shared, which is, it's not just about tending to your womb space with, you know, heating pads or, or medication or whatever it is that you need to feel better during your bleed, but it's really about tending to it the entire cycle so that you are in deeper relationship with the body, you are in deeper relationship with the womb. And she felt, she feels held through all the, the, pieces of the cycle mm-hmm. so yeah so it's not just a band-aid no and we're in this very convenience-based time in our lives right where you know I actually am not a huge fan and and I speak this openly and freely in my own sovereignty I'm not a huge fan of cycle tracking apps um, I believe that there is a, a gentle separation that starts to happen when we are relying on an algorithm-based technology that can't necessarily detect our own body cycles and rhythms. But what I do love is using them in combination with this own discovery because it's really difficult for us to feel connected when we feel like we're being predicted, right? We, we, we're seeing this predictability of our cycles and perhaps if it's not matching up, right, we, we start to feel a little bit of stress because we haven't taken the time to truly connect. Um, and so I, I cannot stress enough how patient this path is. And, and I'm someone that has been on it for many, many, many years now. And I just encourage you to take, you know, one small opportunity every single day, the same way that you took one breath with your body, take one breath with your womb space and see, is there something that I feel like I need today? And, and not waiting until the pressure cooker builds until you get to your bleed. And then we're in this space of, of root tension and pain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I also just want to say that you know, you and I didn't talk about which parts of the cycle lines up with which season beforehand. And and so I just came into this conversation with this openness of wanting to learn. And, and I think when you talk about it in these cyclical and seasonal sort of ways, it takes the, the, I don't know how to say it. It's, it's almost like it takes the disease, I want to put that in quotation marks, it takes the disease part of, of, of looking at our cycles in a, in a particular way, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, if you really can layer in this idea of seasons, 
you know, we have a tendency, particularly in our in our bleed phase, of being more tired, of of being more fatigued, and and yet when I look outside my window in winter time, and I think about everything that's happening underneath the soil, and you know, I can get so frustrated with how long winter lasts around here, but I also know that the the need for winter to have that length of time is so that we can have an abundant spring, mm-hmm. you know? And so then we can stop looking at the fatigue and the sleepiness and the like, I should be doing this differently, you know, part of your brain that can come up and, and really sink into, okay, so I'm resting so that I can have a beautiful spring. Mm. Yes. I, could just dance around the room at everything that you just said, because this is why I love talking about the cycles and seasons, because there is such beauty to what you just said. And if we don't perhaps give ourselves the opportunity to rest and replenish in whatever capacity is available to us in our unique bodies and our unique environments, we don't really set ourselves up for the rest of the cycle. Mm-hmm. And that isn't to create a disconnection or a guilt if that's something that you don't feel like you've been doing. It's actually an activation and a permission to say, you know, this doesn't need to look any certain way, but it does really need to thread from your heart. Mm-hmm. And it does need to be in the devotion of saying, this is the availability that I have to connect to my body right now with the time that I have, the language and information and all of these other beautiful tools that I have. And I'm going to start today with one step forward, knowing that if I am someone that bleeds and I'm someone that cycles through with a biological body, I have 12 opportunities to do this this year and imagine where I'll be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. (gasps) So we've talked about our bleed. Mm -hmm. We're going to circle back. And, you know, I would say that the two most common phases that are talked about are bleed and ovulation. Of course. um, Because these are the phases in which either we have a physical representation um, of our beautiful womb blood or we're trying to prevent or to promote conception, right? Mm -hmm. But we have this beautiful phase in between. And I call these two phases actually. um, So, which are the follicular and the luteal. And we'll talk about the follicular now. I call these incubation phases. And this is where the cervical portal is now closing to incubate. And I love saying the word incubate because when we're talking about the energetics of this phase, we're talking about all of this beautiful wisdom that's come through. We've we've created spaciousness within the womb space, within the pelvic bowl, um, because we've decided to really intentionally go into those spaces of letting go and shedding layers, but also birthing these, you know, this new cycle of intentions and wisdom into reality. And now we're incubating again. And we're saying, okay, I've set myself up with a general energetic property um, that I'm wanting to bring into this cycle, that I'm wanting to harness in. And I love using um, the full moon, right? We have all these ritualistic full moon practices, setting full moon intentions or month intentions or year intentions. This is a really good time to start anchoring into the intentions of this cycle and incubating them. And in this incubation phase, 
what's happening is we're recreating the endometrial lining. There's a really quick turnover in the cyclic body, in the biological body. But what we're also doing is creating the fertile soil for our dream seeds and our desires and our creations to be planted and incubated within this energetic phase. And so I almost like to imagine that it's that beautiful soil. It's the beautiful, rich, earthy soil. You know, you stick your hands in it and it's like so dark and wet and rich and it's just waiting and ready for you to tune in to plant your dream seeds. So we're, we're taking those seeds of inspiration. We're taking those seeds of perhaps new ideas and creations. Our energy is a little higher this is our inner spring Mm -hmm. and we're planting these seeds right we're getting our seeds all ready for this beautiful lunar cycle to energetically bring us into a space of desired intention Mm-hmm. And in this inner springtime, we're nourishing ourselves with an element of wanting that lightness, right? So when we feel ourselves come out of winter, right, and, the, and everything's blossoming, I know myself, I could just like live for flower walks in the springtime. Everything's starting to blossom, and and we're this is a great time to incorporate cleansing. If that's something that feels good for you, this is a good time to incorporate a higher rhythmic, like heart rhythmic movement practice. This is a good time to try new things. Um, This is a beautiful time for you to start tuning into the lightness and the energetic component of your body. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Love it. And when we think about springtime energy, I mean, just want to sort of circle back to this is your follicular phase. And so it's, it's actually when your seeds are maturing, right? Mm -hmm. So it's when your follicles are, are maturing into an egg. And I think too, maybe this is a little bit later on in the cycle for you, but there's a pruning back process that happens in the springtime. It's like you put down all the seeds, like I'm thinking about carrot seeds right now. If you put down all those carrot seeds and they're all coming up and you have to go through and thin them out, otherwise they're going to crowd each other out. Mm -hmm. And so I think about this time as exploring all these new ideas, all these things that get you excited, and then also having a bit of intentionality around, okay, so what actually feels aligned and what do I need to thin out um, so that my carrots can grow nice and big and deep? And that's actually what your body is also doing because, you know, during the follicular phase, your your body says, okay, so here's like seven or eight follicles. We're going to start getting them all mature. And then towards the end of that follicular cycle, it picks one. So your body does the same thing. It it prunes and says, okay, so this is the idea that I want to bring into fruition Mm -hmm. in the springtime. And I love that you said pruning because the archetype or word that I use for this fate is the creation phase. This Mm. is where we're in action. There's like an actionable process to those seeds and and the seeds that we've sown and and the things that are sprouting in our body. Um, And the energy of that, like hearing everything that you just said, you explained that so beautiful. And I love the way that you tend to the land and, and bring that 
bring that into this conversation. It's such a, a magnificent time. And it's really, it's, it's similar to the way that we don't really reflect or bring intention or ritual into the waning or the waxing moon, right? Mm-hmm. We like to focus on this, like, you know, the illumination and then the dark moon, but there's these beautiful spaces in between that actually carry so much of the properties of those rituals that, at, that we're tending to and that rest and replenish from our bleed. Um, this is the time that our cervix is really creating that threshold of incubation to, to bring it into fruition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm phases flow so much. And when we're speaking to those earth, those earth um, garden vibrations, right? Go the ovulatory phase comes in after this. And what's happening here is this is the inner summer. Mm-hmm. And this is the time in which the cervical portal is opening for a shorter amount of time, um, but with so much energetic capacity to receive receive, 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 receive. And so this is the pleasure time. This is where we are actually bringing fertilization into the biological body, or we're bringing fertilization into the energetic body. And we're really um, tending to these dream seeds, to these sprouts, to all of these beautiful things that are beginning to grow, these ideas and creations that we're bringing action and availability and intention into. And we're focusing on the receivership of community. We're focusing on the receivership of physical pleasure, like really going into what feels pleasurable in my body to be able to support what I'm putting out into the world. And so sometimes when we hear pleasure, we automatically think of orgasmic pleasure. And of course, that is an element. But I'm also talking talking about the way that we interpret pleasure in our mundane, in the day-to-day life. Like, how are you taking time for yourself to stop to smell the roses? Are you spending a little bit of extra time cuddling in bed with your partner? Are you reading just a pleasurable novel instead of continuously taking in information and building charts and webs of all of your ideas? How are you coming into a space of deep revitalization of all the energetic incubation and output that you've been putting into your body and into the energetic realms. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, Jasmine, but I find that just in my years of, of supporting women's health, these are the two phases where people have the most questions about. So hearing you speak about this summertime as being about receiving, it makes me just sort of, you know, film reel-esque, like roll back the footage of so many of my clients who have struggled with ovulation. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the time in which they get cramping. They get um, way more emotional. They are feeling so deeply and and i'm i'm going through in my head specifically four or five different clients and i can use as examples and when i think about them they struggle with receiving not just on the the physical biologic side of it but also in the energetics of can i allow someone to take care of me mm-hmm. you know there are so many women out there who are 
who are would probably identify as being type A personalities, who have been independent their whole lives, who feel like they have to do everything and they shoulder a lot of the burdens and and the receivership is so such a vulnerable space for them. Mm-hmm. And so I am curious how you would baby step someone to harness this energy of uh, receptivity and use their womb space and their cervical space as a model for being able to access that on an energetic, uh, like day-to-day life sort of way. Mm -hmm. This is so beautiful. Um, Thank you so much because I, I talk about this a lot in my work And I talk about it from the lens of so many of us, when we hear the word receive or we think of receiving, we automatically feel we need to receive from someone else. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that if we are in a space of wanting to incorporate more receivership from say partnership or community or whatever that looks like, we have to learn how to receive from ourselves. Mm. Um, not even learn to, but remember what it feels like to be in receivership of self. And I say this a lot because what I find is if we're coming at receiving from kind of levels on empty, right? We're not feeling like we've received for a while. There's a different association or a condentation to it. It feels forced. It feels like a to-do list, or it feels like we're actually stepping back into that type A of initiating, hey, I really want to receive. Here's how I want to receive. Please let me receive it. Mm-hmm. When we can go through it with our with ourselves, it can feel like we're starting to open up those receivership channels, right? We're starting to to change the neurological pathways in which we communicate to our body, okay, it's safe to receive, but we're doing it with the intimacy of self. And so there's a different condentation and we can there further invite other people into giving to us or holding us or supporting us because it feels more available in our hearts. One of my favorite ways to do this is to actually start to become familiar with how we relate to pleasure. And what I mean by this is the same way that we've been talking about tuning into embodiment, we've been talking about cyclic living, we take that beautiful breath, we feel the way that we receive breath into our body, and then we exhale naturally, right? we can start looking at some of the areas in our life in which we can just simply slow down and invite a little bit more pleasure. And so one of the examples I like to use is having a shower, right? Can we slow down the really, really quick showers? Can we take a moment to let the the water just cascade down our bodies? Can we take a beautiful dry brush and dry brush our skin? And can we be intentional with the way that we receive from self doing what would be a mundane task and just Mm -hmm. starting from there? From there, I find that people start to have this really alivened, awakened energy and how easy it is to receive when we can just 
begin the process of shifting the way that pleasure feels in our bodies because pleasure is our birthright. We, we deserve to go through life with this feeling of pleasure in our bodies, but we tend to only create condensation to pleasure in terms of orgasm or self-stimulation or going into receiving from our partners. Um, but it is my mission right now to actually re-establish connection to pleasure in the mundane, in doing dishes, in going for a walk, in talking to someone on the phone. It's like, can we slow down a little bit so that the receivership is actually available? And I've seen just monumental shifts in my clients in supporting fertility and supporting cyclic living and supporting all of these elements of my business because all of a sudden it didn't feel as foreign mm -hmm. as saying we need to receive more because we were learning how it actually landed in our body and we were starting to break down the walls that we've built around that to begin with. Mm -hmm. I'm just sitting with that uh, because it goes back to what we were saying earlier about the intentionality and really breaking down and understanding words. And the word that kept coming up for me was sensuality. And like in the original sense of the word, not just as you're saying, you know, orgasmic pleasure. It's really about how can I explore the world using all of my senses? And, you know, I, this is going to sound kind of silly, but I watched um, on Netflix, my octopus teacher last night I don't know if you've seen that one it's a beautiful yeah. documentary about this man who goes and and makes an octopus friend and, and goes in and and for almost a full year visits with his octopus friend every day and the way that he explains this relationship that this octopus has with her environment and how she is seeking and seeing and feeling and tasting and really just being a part of her environment you know that's what sensuality is you know, how are you a part of your environment? How are you a part of your life? And and that is such sweet sweet summer energy mm -hmm. you know it's that pause like summer can really feel like a pause as a gardener this is what it feels like is is you no longer have to be you know planting and sowing and pruning and doing all the things it really is just about I can pause and watch the bees and be in the sunshine and it's it's really about I think the natural rhythms and energetics of summer is, is about how can you slow down and be a part of your environment, mm -hmm. you know? Yes. And, you know, I feel so deeply that many of the reasons why we don't feel like these parts of ourselves are available is these really old sticky connotations to these words. Mm. right these these um whether it's cultural or um 
you know, wounding that you've experienced. I know for myself growing up, I was slut shamed a lot, Mm -hmm. a lot, a lot, a lot, because I was really tapped into my sexual energy. And I turned that off really quickly in my teens because I felt so unsafe to be expressive. My sisterhood wound was really activated. I felt like, you know, the women in my life were really, really threatened by my expression of sexuality and therefore my life became harder. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it became physically and emotionally unsafe for me to be in that. And so, you know, the opportunity to have this conversation and say, Hey, like there can be this taking back of relating to pleasure through these beautiful ways of just walking through life so that we can stoke our inner fire so that we can begin to seduce back what it feels like to be rooted in our sensuality and our sexuality from a place of really beautiful, deep, creative life force energy in our bodies. <laughs> so much juiciness. So pleasure. This is the pleasure time. And I love what you said about the sweetness of summer. This is the time. This is the time to perhaps put down the pen. All the ideas are going to be coming to you. I say, if you follow me on Instagram, I always use like the meme of it's always sunny in Philadelphia where he's like really crazy writing on walls and there's like so many ideas. The cervical portal quite literally is it's open. And so that veil, that threshold between worlds is open, which means depending on your beliefs or your connection to source or your connection to the earth, there will be this availability for you to be receiving communications and messages and information. Um, And so sitting with it, receiving it, allowing it to be in your body, not needing to write every single thing down and create a plan for every single little thing. This is the time to really sit in the sweetness of how it feels to receive on so many different multitude of levels. Yeah. Yeah. And I also just want to say that if you feel resistance, because a lot of times I, I know personally, and I've in my work with clients is sometimes you receive downloads that you don't want to hear. <laughs> during this phase. Yeah. And so sitting with that resistance and sitting with the wisdom of your body and sitting with like allowing sensuality in, in the way that we just define sensuality, allowing that to lead, I think is an important part. And it flows so beautifully, of course, because our cyclic nature is just magnificent in all of its ways. And it's very, I love this because I feel like I'm, I'm looking out my window right now as we speak and I can still see the beautiful green tree in front of me with fragments of the leaves that are turning colors. And so there's this beautiful transition that we're, that we're witnessing in the Pacific Northwest right now that also mimics this beautiful weaving transition from this open expansion of cervical portal open to incubating again Mm -hmm. heading into the luteal phase which is our inner fall or inner autumn and what you just said about some of the downloads that you've received that perhaps you don't want to hear this is the reflective phase 
Um, this is where we go into the deepest spaces of reflection, where things are starting to fall away. Um, you know, our creation level is still quite high, but actionable output tends to get a little bit quieter. We start becoming a bit more inward. We're still outward in our communities and still having the energy and the capacity to create, but we're starting to really fine tune what, what we're available for. You know, we, we are going into the spaces of reflection and some of those those communications that have come through while we've been in the space of receiving are really starting to go a little bit deeper into our hearts and into our body. And so the luteal phase, the inner autumn is my favorite phase of the cycle. Um, contrary to popular belief, because it is also the most shamed phase of the cycle, it is mm. also the most symptomatic phase of the cycle. And so when we tend to talk about this phase, there's a lot of negative condensation that I'm really, really working to rewrite in the mm. bodies of people that hold wombs right now, because it is such a beautiful phase. If we give ourselves the energetic capacity to truly go in and reflect and be radically honest with ourselves and be held in community and not need to do everything alone. Um, and one of the energetic things that you might notice in this phase is there's this feeling of wanting to tidy up. We're wanting to, to clean. We're wanting to like prepare the nest per se, for our bleed phase. Um, so some people like to start doing things like batch cooking and freezing a little bit of food for later. And this is one of the things that we were talking about at the start of the cyclic conversation of ways that if you can't just quit your life on the days that you're bleeding, you can actually use the energetic properties of this phase in its nesting abilities to actually do some gentle preparations for the bleed so that you feel really tended to and loved. Um, one of my favorite things to say to do is something called a moon box. And so in some of the communities, you might hear your bleed or your menstruation called your moon time. And so we call this the moon box. And I like to write a love letter to myself. Um, I like to put my favorite chocolate and some rose tea um, and anything that I kind of see along the way that might be really beneficial for me when I don't have the time to perhaps dedicate a whole day to rest and replenish, that I could bring that box with me and I can just feel this energetic intuition and connection and wisdom that I've been preparing for in a really loving way. Um, and can really anchor you into that feeling in your bleed. Mm -hmm. I love it. And it also speaks to what you were just sharing earlier about being able to receive on your own, not having it be from an external source. And it's sort of like a little time capsule for yourself, like future Jasmine. Um, <laughs> Past Jasmine prepared this really beautiful little self-care kit for future Jasmine. This, yes, I say this all the time. I'm like, oh, I love yesterday, Jasmine, or I love <laughs> last week, Jasmine, because I do this for myself often because this has come through really strongly as I've redefined my relationship with pleasure and receivership and finding these little ways to fill my own cup, right? Fill my own pelvic bowl with the attention and devotion and connection and awareness that it really, really wants. And one of the physiological aspects of this phase that I really like to speak to is there can be um, 
a density or a heaviness to the womb bowl. And a lot of people have a variety of different symptoms that they experience during this time that can be particularly challenging, um, but also through the lens of that inner looking glass, that communication beginning to show us where perhaps we could be tending to either hormonal fluctuations or um, biological symptoms that are showing us, hey, like we really need your attention now. So we're going to show you on something like, you know, facial pimples and and things that are really going to catch your attention when you look into the mirror. I think that anything facial that comes up like that, for me, I suffer from perioral perioral dermatitis and my rash flares up when something is going on that needs my attention. And it's a really, really irritating, (laughs) but loud communication that I'm able to tune into. Right. Um, but I do really want to, to say that this denseness, this heaviness that's happening in the womb bowl is your womb is beginning to prepare the endometrial lining so that you can flow into your bleed again. And what's happening is in the mimicking of this biological breakdown of the endometrial lining and this big shift that's happening, again, we're in the space of what am I being prepared to let go of? What am I being prepared to birth? What am I not going to be taking into this next cycle? And what can come from that is that reflection a lot of emotional awareness. Um, And if we don't give ourselves the ability and the capacity to truly go into those reflective spaces, we can get really dense in our emotional body. And so this is where it's really, really important to do as much tending to your heart as you can. I like to say, my womb is beginning to swell and so is my heart. Mm. Um, And I repeat that to myself. And so when I feel myself really overcome by emotion, I will really allow myself to tend to it. And of course, that's there's barriers to, to what's available for all of us. But what that usually looks like for me is just taking at least 10 to 30 minutes a day during my luteal phase and really just pen to paper, writing everything out that I possibly can think of that's going on in my conscious or subconscious mind and then saying what really needs to be tended to in order for my heart to feel at ease in this phase. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think... I love what you just shared in terms of looking at these signs and symptoms, not as things that we need to fix, but as really communication. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's missing in a lot of our, our medical systems is, okay, so tell me all the signs and symptoms so that I can fix them for you rather than asking, okay, so what are the ways in which your body is trying to actually share, Mm -hmm. you know, how is your body actually trying to get your attention? And I mean, that's the wisdom of the body. It knows exactly how to do this, you know, and, and the other piece that I want to layer on onto what you've already shared is in terms of the emotions that may come up during this luteal phase is this is when our right brain and our left brain are actually the most communicative. And so that barrier between the right and left brain gets a little thinner, that that veil gets a little thinner. And so we get these downloads during this, this luteal phase, that reflective period that is also in autumn is when we can be reflective, right? Mm-hmm. So if you look at the trees outside the window when we're deep in autumn, we're not quite there yet. Um, 
and all the leaves have fallen off. It's like you can't hide anything <laughs> in autumn. You know, the the leaves can cover up some of the scarring on the trunks and and in the in the spring and summer, but there's no hiding in the autumn, right? Mm-hmm. And and so I think a lot of folks have frustration and 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 anger and sadness and grief that comes up during these times because that has been what has been hiding underneath the leaves this whole time. And so the invitation that I would put out there during the luteal phase is, is allow yourself to step into that. However you can, you know, Mm -hmm. allow yourself to, to be a participant in the communication from your body. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. And it's such an important and I love that example of of there's nowhere to hide. And my favorite way to invite people into the moving of that is through dance and in through really allowing the lucid movement of your body, even if it feels rigid, this is because so many people will say to me, oh, I can't dance or I don't know how to move my body or I don't know how to move my hips. And it's not a knowing, right? It's again, going back into that, Mm. take a breath, feel the way that it naturally comes, take an exhale and flow into, you know, sometimes my movement will be rolling around on the ground so slow and then just like moving my arms, but I can feel that the density is starting to find its way to communicate through my body because not everything will have words. And this is, you know, I always get the question of why would I connect to my cycle if I don't have any quote-unquote problems, if I don't have any quote-unquote symptoms, if there's no physical or biological reason that nothing is wrong. And I say, it really gives you the permission to be a co-creator and a participant into the cycles and rhythms in which your body is asking you to step forward into your desired life, your desired expression, your desired heart, the desired way of your communication. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that we always need to enter in through, through crisis. You know, my story of bleeding for almost 365 days straight, I believe that I went into that, initiated into that so that I could help people before they get to that point so that I could empower people of this way of life before they were in crisis. And so when we're able to go into spaces like the luteal phase in a different lens, not thinking of it so symptomatic and not thinking of it from this place of dread and anxiety inducing and we can say okay for one cycle I'm going to go through this phase I'm going to be reflective I'm going to be patient I'm going to be calm and I'm not going to do it alone there is this component that I feel is missing where we don't want to be seen in these chaotic moments of our life in these moments that don't have words in these moments that are messy and the luteal phase really brings that forward and so Although we don't have the leaves and we're feeling really exposed and bare, can we still be held by community so that it doesn't feel so lonely being that tree? So, so beautiful, Jasmine. Mm. And I just want to highlight something that you said that 
that it's not about fixing what's wrong. You know, I think that a lot of times that initiation into embodiment for people is comes from a place of there's something wrong with my body and I need to fix it. Mm-hmm. And, and there's something so beautiful about the invitation into your body, no matter where you are on your journey, no matter what symptoms or signs that you may or may not have, that it is the purpose of the womb work that you're doing is for the process. Mm-hmm. Um, the purpose is not about fixing. Yeah. I, I love that. And I always say, I started my womb journey with the intention to stop bleeding every day. And here I am. I, I've, my cycle has quote unquote been healed for two, almost two and a half years. Um, and here I am even more in the path, even more willing and open to learn and, and listen to the communications of my body. So it's not, it's not a linear one line. It's a beautiful spiral that just continues to invite us a little bit deeper. Yeah. And it's not a, like a rival, you yeah. know, it's not like you get this enlightenment, enlightenment <laughs> moment of like, ta-da, now my cycle <laughs> is perfect. And now I can just stop doing the work. It really is about this, um, the, what you did with your hand there. I just want to sort of explain mm-hmm. it to people is it's this cycle, this, this, um, this vortex that goes down and down and down and deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really that is the purpose of, of this kind of work. Mm-hmm. Is you and might, yeah. I continuously have women and people that come into my program say, why didn't I know this a decade ago? Why didn't I know this so long ago? I wish I knew this so long before. And I'm like, can I please record you so that people can hear this? Because that is such a beautiful testimonial to what this path can offer. And it goes with everything, right? We don't want to wait until we have relationship problems to start addressing communication. We don't want to, you know, wait until we're not having sex anymore in order to start stoking that sexual fire. Like we never want to get to that place. And sometimes we need to, and that can be such a beautiful initiation. But my invitation for you, wherever you are today is come at it from a place of how much more and how much more expansive can my relationship with my own body be mm-hmm. and let that be the everlasting guide mm-hmm. and that sentiment of where were you 10 years ago is exactly why I feel like you are the auntie that everyone <laughs> <laughs> wishes that they had because really and truly I think about how different my life would be had I known at the start of my menstrual cycle, the significance of what it means to have a cycle like this, you know? I mean, yeah. Yeah. All of us, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think about that too a lot. And um, I think so many of us do. And so it's, it's so beautiful to have an open conversation like that with one another. Mm -hmm. Jasmine, thank you so, so much for coming on here and, and, being an auntie to your community and being an auntie to my community and really having 
this very, very nuanced conversation about the womb space and about the menstrual cycle that I think is so needed. I don't know anybody who's having conversations in the way that you are having conversations on this particular topic. And so I love this title that you have chosen for yourself of the sacred womb guide. I think it feels so fitting and thank you for, for guiding us today. And before we log off, I know you've got a couple of different offerings and I would love for you to share and also share how folks can find you on the interwebs world. Thank you so much for having me and and just the availability and the platform to meet so heart to heart to have conversations that often feel inaccessible for people truly. And so thank you for your heart and the ability to really go into, into the root of everything that was shared. I just, I appreciate you so much on a heart level as well as the platform that you've created. Yeah. I mean, this was partially a selfish endeavor of just, we haven't had a chance to talk in a while. So I was, I just wanted to hang out with you. So might as well talk about the womb. Yeah. That's what we talk about anyway. So my business is called Humble Wild Wellness. I am a sacred womb guide. I offer one-on-one sessions, which are so beautiful. They're sacred womb sessions. We dive into everything from holistic fertility, holistic nutrition, going into your own unique cycle map, the medicine of your womb, how to activate those beautiful cervical portals, pleasure receivership, anything that you can imagine that involves your cycle, your fertility, your womb space, your expression, and you being in your body is where we tap into. These are deeply potent sessions that I am always offering. I only offer about two a week, so they do fill up up quickly. Um, You can book those on my website at www.humblewildwellness.com. And I am offering- Sorry, just as a note too, um, the fertility piece is not just about a biologic fertility. Like you have supported me so much (laughs) on my energetic fertility, even as somebody who does not plan on having children. So just want to throw that in there as well. Yeah. Energetic fertility is something that I am deeply passionate about. So if you are birthing a book or a creation or an idea, um, I can really guide you into tapping into your biological and energetic womb space cycle to really bring a lot of energy and tension and awareness into everything that you're birthing and doula you through. Um, and I'm, I have a beautiful offering. If I've been talking about menstruation or womb blood, I know it was a gentle introduction into this space, but I really believe the reclamation of our womb blood, of our sacred menstruation, and coming into a deep space of honoring of this time is so deeply needed on this planet right now. So I am offering a two-hour masterclass called Sacred Menstruation on October 17th. Spaces are extremely limited. I think that there's less than 10 spaces available right now. Um, And we're going to go into all of the shame and taboo that we're carrying around our womb blood, the beautiful stem cell from a biological perspective that are carried within our womb blood and how to really anchor into ritual ceremony and cycle reclamation. So this is going to be such a beautiful program for you to to attend wherever you are in your cycle journey right now. And wherever you are in the world right now, because it is a virtual class, right? Yes, virtual. So all of my classes are done through Zoom. And I love to stack lots of information, invitations, guided visualization. So you get so much more than you probably ever expected when you sign up. (laughs) Wonderful. And um, I 
would love to also invite people onto your Instagram page. You mm-hmm. are constantly putting out so much beautiful information and and value for your for your audience. But I also just want to make sure that nobody misses out on any of the the classes and and coursework that you're putting out as well, because it's so deeply needed right now. And and so yeah, go find you. Your Instagram is Humble Wild Wellness. Woo-hoo! Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's a party over there. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so, 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 so much for having okay, me. Okay, love. Thank you so much for having it with me, and I will see you at some point soon. Sounds <laughs> good. Bye, love. wrapping up I just want to send out a few pings of gratitude out there first of all thank you so much for listening thank you for being a part of our community and if you would like to support our project you can find us on patreon.com I would also like to send some thanks out to Mayan Kites, who creates original music for our podcast, and for Andre Lagasse, who produces these podcast episodes. Thank you.